1: QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for listening.
0: From London,
2: I'm Rochelle Travers, and this is The Standard. The following is a special Valentine's Day cutdown episode of our sister podcast, London Love Stories with Katie Strick. Featuring an exclusive interview with none other than the Mayor of London, Sadiq Khan. To hear the full episode, search for London Love Stories with Katie Strick wherever you get your podcasts, or click the link in our show notes. Now, you didn't actually think we'd let Valentine's Day pass without marking the occasion, did you? If you're a loyal London Love Stories listener, you might remember a promise we made to you at the end of series one. I think it had something to do with a little Valentine's special, if we were feeling really generous. Well, you'll be pleased to know we've kept to one half of the bargain, at least. Because we do have a special February the 14th episode for you, I'm happy to announce. Though it's turned out not to be quite such a little one in the end. In fact, the special guest we have for you today might just be one of the biggest names in London. Yep, it's the mayor of London himself, Sadiq Khan.
3: I've got to be romantic in private uh, in case my daughters cringe and get embarrassed and I, I tease people them when I say yeah we, we hadn't we hadn't arranged marriage you know when we were very young like, wow really yeah did you, you know and then I, I sort of carry on the story they say yeah, we arranged ourselves though that. you can get to the top by being nice to people by loving people um, you know those that have read you know Little Prince Machiavelli you know I'd, I'd rather be loved than feared
2: from the standard this is London Love Stories with Katie Strick
3: I therefore declare Sadiq Khan to be elected as the new mayor of London.
2: It's been eight years since our protagonist, Sadiq, then an esteemed human rights lawyer and parliamentarian from Tooting, was voted in to succeed Boris Johnson as the third mayor of our capital city and the first ever Muslim elected mayor of a Western capital, a position he has since described as the best job in the world.
3: I grew up on a council estate just a few miles from here. Back then... I never dreamt that someone like me could be elected as mayor of London.
2: It was just a month before the EU referendum at the time and in his two terms since he's introduced the Hopper bus fare, written a book about tackling the climate emergency and entered into a now notorious public spat with then president Donald Trump.
3: If somebody starts tweeting about me A six-foot-three child in the White House. Can you let me know?
2: But today, well, we're not going to talk to him about politics. Or Trump. Or unlimited bus fares. Unless they relate to bus-related love stories, of course. Because it's Valentine's Day. And it's not every day we have the Mayor of London in the hot seat of a Love Stories podcast. And on camera, in case you want to watch him squirm under the spotlight. Standard.co.uk. So buckle up and plug on in, because today we have a very special interview in which we're going to hear about the mayor's own love story with London. And we have a few little scoops for you, from his and his wife's go-to date spots, to the surprising dating advice he gives to single friends today.
3: Hi, I'm Sadiq Khan, and this is my love letter to London.
2: Now, this episode's winding of the clock takes us back to the year that is 1970. Paul McCartney has just announced he's leaving the Beatles. (laughs) Tory leader Ted Heath has just succeeded Labour's Harold Wilson as prime minister. And Amman Ullah Ahmed Khan and his wife Sarah Nisa Khan, a British-Pakistani couple working as a bus driver and a seamstress, have just welcomed their fifth child into the world at St George's Hospital in Tooting. They might not know it yet, but this particular son, one of what would eventually become a grand total of seven, was to go on to have a particularly unique relationship with the city they decided to call home two years previously.
3: My mum and dad are incredibly... My father's passed away and amazing people. So, so, so my grandparents migrated from India to Pakistan after partition in 1947. Really brave, big, big uh, sacrifice they made. So if you're a Muslim, you tended to move to Pakistan and if you're a Hindu or Sikh, you stayed in India, generally speaking. So they're really courageous people. My parents, incredibly courageous, courageous and brave, they travel four or five thousand miles to come to London for a better life for themselves and their families. So they've traveled, I've got two generations of cars traveled thousands of miles. I've gone nowhere, right? So, so, uh, so I was born in St. George's Hospital in Tooting. We lived in a council estate a mile up the road. Uh, my mum now lives a mile up the road this way, and all of us live within a mile, two miles radius of my mum, so we are, we've not moved anywhere, right, compared to three generations of cars. I've still got vivid memories of... I come from a big family. I've got six brothers, a sister, mum, dad. And we used to live on a council estate in tootin Wandsworth, Henry Prince's estate. And my dad, I don't talk about this much, was a bus driver. Uh, But anyway, my dad was a bus driver, and he drove the 44 bus. And the route of the 44 bus was along the main road outside the estate. And uh, I've got fond memories of uh, two of my brothers and myself being on the top deck of the bus. so So if you think about the front of the bus, double-decker bus, my dad would be below. In those days, there was no CCTV cameras, so the way a bus driver would see what's happening on the top was a periscope with a mirror. You'd look up at the bus driver, and there'd be a mirror, and you'd see at the top, and we'd be at the top looking down at my dad while he was driving, and he'd be driving around London, and we'd pretend to be driving at the top. I've got memories of going to Chicago Square, us climbing on top of the, the lines, and we're quite boisterous as boys, as you can imagine
2: how has your, if you picture London now, which you must do a lot in your job, what image comes to mind and how has that changed over the course of your lifetime? What, what, do, you think, what do you think
3: about do Yeah, you well, one of the, I mean, I've always, I've always lived in London. There's only one year I didn't live in London when I was at law school and I lived in, just in Surrey in a place called Godalming. And so, you know, when I think of London, I think of the people I know, my friends, my family, my work colleagues, because most of the people I love are in London. They're Londoners. And so, for me, the connection with Our great city is not just the places, you know, Trago Square or the great parks or the great culture we have, but it's what you do when you're there. So my fondest memories are of going to certain gigs with different people, or it could be going to certain restaurants with different people, or being in parts of our city with different people. So when I think of London, I think of, you know, Londoners.
2: Now, talk to me about Tooting. So, you were obviously born in Tooting, raised in Tooting, still over there today.
3: So, Tooting is the best part of the greatest city in the world. And, um, and not many people know this, but very soon after I became, I used to be the MP for Tooting before, before I was the mayor of this great city. But very soon after I was elected, uh, we heard this news, it was 2005, that there was a scientist at NASA who had found a, cr- a new crater on Mars, I've never found before. And if you find a crater, you get the pleasure of naming the crater whatever you want. And this chap had an association with Tutin. So you tell me any other places in London that has a crater named after it, Tutin does. I did not know that. Yep. And so for me, Tutin is home. And so the story of Tutin actually is a microcosm of the story of London. Why do I say that? London is our capital city, but obviously we live on an island, and our island has had, for you know, millennia, people arriving to the island and changing the demographics of the island: Anglo Saxons, Normans, and so forth. And so, Tooting, if you go back, you know, sixty years post Second World War, or even go back before, it's uh, people arriving and and Tooting changing and evolving. Because of those new arrivals, whether it's you know, the Irish community, lots of my friends growing up, were, you know, Catholic, Irish descent, Western Indian community, Tamil community, uh, Pakistani origin, my parents are from Pakistan, Indian, East African, uh, more recently, uh, you know, Somalian, even more recently Eastern European, and so forth and so forth. And so Tuting changes as new people arrive. That's what makes it so exciting. And so, you know, someone like me who has spent a lot of time as a boy going to Tutankh market and Broadway market, they, they're still there but the sort of shops that were there before have evolved to newer shops and, and that's the joy of Tooting. it's always changing uh, but at the same time uh, there are some things that are, that are constant
2: Let's take a quick break this very special Valentine's edition of London Love Stories with Katie Strick will be back in just a moment
1: QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.
2: Sadiq was just a teenager studying at a local comprehensive school in Tooting when he met his now wife, Sadia, a fellow Tooting resident who was also being raised in the Islamic faith. And coincidentally, was also the child of a bus driver. Like him, she went on to train as a solicitor. But that pop comes later.
3: So my wife and I uh, met when uh, I went to the boys' school, Ernest Bevin Secondary School, uh, which, uh, uh, to those that, we didn't feel this way, but others thought it was a really tough, hard school. And sadly, went to uh, the mixed school, uh, what we thought was the sort of nandy-pandy uh, school um, for, you know, the boys when they were Nandi compared to us. As the, that the be back then, we we're, were teenagers. So we met when I was in sixth form, she was in sixth form. And, and the thing about her school was there was a head teacher there called Mr. Stapleton. And at lunchtime, Mr. Stapleton would patrol up and down Wellham Road to stop the Ernest Bevan boys you know, going to try and, uh, I, I use the gentle phrase, court uh, the, the great girls. And so I managed somehow to, we sort of knew each other, I managed somehow to get around Mr. Stapleton. Uh, and, uh, and so we started getting up, we in the sixth form. Enough, qu- quite young. Uh, married when I was 24 and sadi was 23. I was a trainee solicitor. Uh, sadi was at, at law school. And, and I tease people so when, when I meet, you know, I, I'm privileged, I get, I get to get to meet people who, you know, haven't spent time with somebody from my background and so I sort of teased them when I say, "Yeah, we, we hadn't we hadn't arranged marriage, you know, when we were very young." Like, wow, really? Yeah, did you, you know. And then I, I sort of carry on the story. They say yeah, we arranged ourselves there.
2: There's also a rumor that he wooed his wife in a Croydon McDonald's, but he refuses to confirm or deny that part.
3: You know, more franchises on the high street can be romantic with the right person.
2: Anyway, fast food dates or not, it seemed to work. Sadiq and Sadia have been married for 30 years with two adult daughters and have racked up a fair few mutual interests over that time. Walking Luna the dog in London's green spaces, enjoying the best of the capital's food scene, shout out to Tooting Market, and going to see their favourite artists perform live.
3: We've been to some great gigs. Uh, There's a great... So, so sadly, I love Lionel Richie. I'm sort of, you know, sound corny, but one of his songs is our song. And we saw Lionel Richie play at Hyde Park, he was the warmth to, to, to Stevie Wonder. And uh, when, you know, Endless Love came on, I obviously sang to, to my wife, right? And, uh, and as indeed, three times a lady. And then the next day, as I was singing to Sally, the next day, there were photographs in the paper saying, you know, Sidney's courting his wife and stuff. And my daughters were so embarrassed and so mortified. So, you know, I've, I've got to be romantic in private uh, in case my daughters cringe and get embarrassed.
2: Can I ask which Lionel Richie song it
3: is? It's your song as End, a couple. Endless Love. Endless Love. Yeah, yeah. I can do the, the Lionel Richie notes pretty well and <laughs> she can do the Dion Ross notes pretty well.
2: In fact, he recently tried to pull off a grand romantic gesture by surprising Sadia with a date to a special, intimate performance by one of her favourite artists. Though as many interviewees in this podcast can probably attest to, the reality is these kinds of gestures don't always go quite to
1: plan.
3: So my wife's a massive John Legend fan, and uh, so I knew John was going to play at Ronnie Scott's for a small gig for his mates and stuff. And I got wind, and so I thought I'd surprise Sarah and take her to to Ronnie Scott's, I'm not tell her it's going to be John Legend. And so I got it all sorted out, two tickets. And the day of the gig, and I didn't tell her. I said, "We're going to go get out for a meal." The day of the gig, Amara, my youngest, was back from university, and so Sard so goes, Look, I'm, I'm, "Amara's back. I'm staying in." I said, like, oh "God, what you doing? You know, i doing? Mean, the hassle I've gone to." And so I said, Amara, I've got a problem here, because she's not going to go, because you're home. And so I said, I'm not feeling well, I'm not going out. And so I goes, I'll stay at home. I said, oh, man, what you So uh, long story short, I managed to get a third ticket for uh, John Legend. Uh, and they said, we'll put another chair around the table. So the trick was to get to Ronnie Scott's without her discovering John Legend's playing at Ronnie Scott's. And so we're walking to the venue, and there's a blackboard with John Legend for one night only sold out so I've got to walk in the way to cover the board so she goes in so co- she goes in, it's all working very well we're sitting around the table so, so Amara's here so I sit and stuff and the idea was you know, John Legend comes out and Sally goes wow right that's the idea and, and by the way Chrissy Teigen's over there so we we'll to hide John Legend's wife so she doesn't see Chrissy Teigen because so will give it away right and then 10 minutes before John Legend comes on it's worked to a tree so Amara and I looking pretty smug we've surprised her mum my wife and um, the manager comes out and says, Oh, Farika, hey, you're a big fan of John Legend. And, I said, oh. and then Sadia, she was obviously very, very happy. She had a, had a great night. But 10 minutes more, it had been the perfect date.
2: Well, I can't imagine Sadia was too disappointed when she did find out who was playing. Admittedly, it's been a fair few decades since our city's mayor was in the dating game. And a fair bit has changed. But what's his advice then? For single Londoners looking to find love in an age of apps, ghosting and tick box preferences.
3: So I've got friends who are dating, uh, different ages who are dating and stuff. And, and I say be patient. You know, people get a big glass, glass half full. And I and I, and I worry, a combination of Hollywood, even British films, this presumption that there's got to be the thunderbolt. Uh, sometimes you're lucky; you get, you get a thunderbolt the first, the first time you see somebody. But often you can fall in love with a platonic friend. You can fall in love with a work colleague. You can, uh, you know, start dating somebody who you didn't think about dating. And so, just be patient and be be kind to yourself.
2: That was a special cut down episode of London Love Stories with Katie Strick. To hear the full thing, search for London Love Stories with Katie Strick on your podcast provider or click the link in our show notes. The standard will be back tomorrow at 4 pm.
1: Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.
0: Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right.